Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Patricia L.D. Tuttle, and I wish you would read these backlist books, my friends. This is episode number 326 and a half, and today I'm going to talk about a couple backlist titles that I'm excited to share with you. Hi everyone, happy September. As I've mentioned, most of the reading I do throughout the year is for this show and all the books. Because I have a day job unrelated to books, my reading time is pretty limited. However, usually near the end of the calendar year because of holidays, I get some free time to read books I have been unable to get to the rest of the year. So I started making my TBR for that time of year coming up. And of course, this list has already gotten out of hand. I've got a couple books in there that are the second or further books in a series, like Melissa Albert's The Night Country and Tales from the Hinterland, the books that come after The Hazelwood. I have books that came out this year or will be coming out but don't fall onto my schedule for the show, like Leah Johnson's Rise to the Sun, Charlie Jane Anders' Never Say You Can't Survive, and Namina Forna's The Gilded Ones. I also have an entire shelf of graphic novels and comics to read that I haven't gotten to this year yet, like the graphic novel history of the Black Panther Party by David F. Walker and Marcus Kwame Anderson. But for now, before I get to those, I have some amazing fantasy picks to share with you today. Before I get to my backlist book picks, let's hear from a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Avid Reader Press. So this next book is a really fun sounding mashup of different genres. There's a little time travel, a little romance, a little spy thriller action going on. So in the near future, a civil servant is offered the salary of her dreams and is shortly afterward told what project she'll be working on. A recently established government ministry is gathering quote unquote expats from across history to establish whether time travel is feasible for the body, but also for the fabric of space time. This is an exquisitely original and feverishly fun fusion of genres and ideas. The Ministry of Time by Colleen Bradley asks, what does it mean to defy history when history is living in your house? Colleen Bradley's answer is a blazing, unforgettable testament to what we owe each other in a changing world. It kind of gives Outlander meets Cloud Atlas or If the Time Traveler's Wife was written by Sally Rooney or Colson Whitehead. Make sure to check out The Ministry of Time by Colleen Bradley. And thanks again to Avid Reader Press for sponsoring this episode. This episode is sponsored by The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy. Robbie and Trevor Cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing, even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends. Let us all take a collective angry sigh at that. Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. Except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. 
During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. And after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. For my first pick, I have Ray Bearer by Jordan Ifuego. I really wanted to talk about this book because the sequel, Redemptor, just came out. And that's also on my end of year list. I haven't read it yet, but I really love Ray Bearer. Ray Bearer is a young adult fantasy with some truly excellent world building. It takes place in the land of Eretzar. There are multiple unified realms that make up the entire land. The book starts with our hero, Tarisai, when she is a child. She lives in the realm of Swana in a large house with many, many tutors and caretakers. Her mother visits very rarely, even only about once a year, and Tarisai is desperate for her approval and touch. You see, Tarisai has the power to take someone's memories if she touches them, so all her tutors and caretakers avoid touching her skin to skin. They teach her so many things, all the languages of the realms, reading and writing, but unbeknownst to her, the history she is taught is heavily censored. In fact, she has never left Bikina House, where she lives, and she's also not allowed to interact with any other children, only the people allowed in and out of Bikina House. So, when she is seven years old, Tarisai sneaks out of Bikina House because she misses her mother and wants to find her. Everyone only refers to her mother as the lady. Well, Tarisai gets caught by an Alagbato who is the guardian fairy of Swana. His name is Melu and he shows Tarisai a troubling memory of his own, where the lady tricks him and enslaves him and he must give her three wishes to be freed. First, the lady wishes for a place where she and her friends will always be safe and Melu makes Bikina House for her. She tries to use her second wish to be the death of the Emperor of Eretzar, but Melu said the rules don't allow for murder. The lady finds a loophole and wishes for Melu to have a child with her, so then the child is half his blood and half hers, so that means her third wish can be granted by the child, who is Tarisai. Tarisai, when she's, like, she kind of forgets about this or puts it in the back of her mind. And when she's 11, the lady makes her wish. She shows Tarisai a portrait of a boy Tarisai's age and commands that she kill him, but only when she loves him and he anoints her as his own. Tarisai has no idea who this boy is, and she's just so happy to be with her mother, she doesn't pay much attention to this weird, troubling request. Eventually, Two of the lady's friends take Tarisai to the capital and leave her there. She has no idea what she's doing. Turns out, the emperor has a council of 11 people he anoints from each of the realms. The emperor carries a power referred to as the Ray, and he uses it to connect with his council siblings. Each sibling then makes it so that the emperor is immune from being murdered and can only die from old age or if one of the council members turns on him. The Ray only passes down through boys, apparently. And it is time for his son, the crown prince, Egondayo, to choose his council. He chooses 11 other children, and then they are all raised and trained together. 
Of course, children come from all over the continent to compete to be on the council, and that is why Terry Sai has been dropped off. I also want to mention that there's a treaty between Eretzar and the Underworld, where they send live children into the Underworld basically as a sacrifice to keep the demons from attacking everyone. These children are called Redemptors, and the weird thing is, Redemptors are only born in the realm of Songland. None of the other realms have to send children to the Underworld. Coincidentally, Songland is the one realm that is not represented on the Emperor's Council. So, back to Tarisai and the trials to become a council member. She meets Prince Ekondayo and immediately wants to murder him because that's who the lady commanded she kill. But she does not love him and he has not anointed her, so both he and Tarisai are safe for now. They're both just very desperate for friends. They're children. This is a book that is so easy to escape into, and I promise I'm not giving you spoilers or really throwing anything away because most of what I just told you only happens in the very beginning of the book. The world building is excellent. I love the lore and the characters, and I really loved that I didn't know what was coming next or where this was going. It was full of surprises. I highly recommend Ray Bearer by Jordan Ifueko. For my next pick, I have Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. I have such a crush on this book. I listened to it on audiobook, and I highly recommend it that way if you're into audiobooks. But really, it's a great read any way you read it. Yadriel lives in a cemetery. It's not just him, it's his whole Bruhex community. And he should be a full-fledged Brujo by now, except his community is not really supportive of him. You see, Yadriel is transgender and gay. The way that the Bruhexes think that magic works is that there's men's magic and women's magic. So while they're loving in some ways, they really don't think that Yadriel can do any magic. Aside from that, they just kind of placate him around his transness, but they're not fully accepting. The one person who was very supportive, his mom, has died. And soon it'll be the first Dea de Muertos since she has died, and Yadriel hopes to be able to tell her that he is a brujo now. So, some background. When a brujex turns 15, they're presented to Santa Muerte, aka Lady Death. She would then give them a blessing and tie their inherent magic to their chosen conduit. For women, it's usually a rosary. For men, it's usually a dagger. This conduit is called a portaje. Yadriel's best friend, Maritza, refuses to have a quince to become a bruja because she is a vegan and magic demands the use of animal blood. However, she is super supportive of Yadriel and her dad is the one who makes the men's portajes. So Maritza makes a beautiful dagger for Yadriel so he can perform his own brujex quince and show everyone that he is just as much of a brujo as any other man. So he does his secret quince with Maritza, and it seems like it works. Unexpectedly, Yadriel's cousin Miguel dies, but they don't know where his body is. It was the Brujo's job to sever the thread between the world of the living and the recently deceased spirit so they can move on to the afterlife. So Yadriel hatches a plan to find Miguel's portaje and free his spirit, and then no one can deny he's a Brujo. 
So Yadriel and Maritza go poking around and find a necklace, which definitely feels like a spirit is tethered to it. Yadriel expects Miguel's spirit. What Yadriel doesn't expect is that it's actually the spirit of Julian Diaz, known troublemaker at their high school. Julian wants to make a deal. If Yadriel and Maritza help Julian and find his friends and let them know, like, he's okay, but he, he died, then Julian will let Yadriel sever his tie and set him free to prove to everyone he's a brujo. You know, everyone's happy. Seems straightforward, but it really, really isn't. On top of that, spending all that time together, Yadriel isn't sure he wants to let Julian go. This book was so much fun. I adore all the characters, especially Julian. I mean, he can get annoying, but he reminds me of a few kids I went to school with. Meeting this character, I was like, yeah, I knew this kid. If you grew up in California, you probably knew some version of this kid. I laughed out loud multiple times reading this book. It's cute and suspenseful and heartbreaking and heartwarming and all the things. Love, 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 Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas. That's it for me this week, book lovers. Thank you so much to our sponsor. A special thank you to my totally awesome audio editor, Jen Zink, and thank you for listening. For more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com, and don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com backslash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. You can find a list of all the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com backslash all the books. Remember, if you're a fan of all the books and all the backlist and you want to show us some love, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers find us. If you want to talk about books or nerdy stuff or check in on my shenanigans, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at The Infofile, as in the lover of information, spelled T-H-E-I-N-F-O-P-H-I-L-E. In the meantime, have a safe weekend, drink some water, and happy reading. Happy reading.